You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Welcome, this is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Tuesday, the 28th of July, 2020. Thank you all for tuning in. And this is actually our second attempt to get this program going. Apologies. Uh, it's a few minutes later than normal. Um, I, because I have, you know, when you don't do a program for a while, I actually forget how things work. And uh, I don't know if anybody's aware of the YouTube uh, live situation. I think I set up two live streams. So if you, in case you find two live streams, could you let me know in the chat? And hopefully everything is working well and um, <laughs> and there'll be no more issues and we can proceed. So again, I'm going to have to go through everything I, get. I said though for the opening of the last program. Um, welcome back, everybody. It's been about, what, five, six weeks? Can't remember how long it's been exactly, maybe even longer. And um, it seems to be yeah, somewhat similar since before my exams. That's why I took that break, if you want to call it a break. Um, just to, if anybody's listening there, just wondering what's going to be talked about tonight. We're going to be looking at Psalm 24. We're going to keep going on our our series in the Psalter. Um, thank you, Mary, for letting me know about that. Um. So, uh, and uh, what else will we be doing tonight? We'll also be looking at some larger catechism questions, talking a little bit about situations, um, increased polarization in everything. Everything's politicized, even um, COVID-19, everything's a conspiracy. Everybody's, for various different reasons, uh, we'll probably just discuss that later on. I'll also give my brief, brief opinion, but there's not really much to say about it. Um, the whole Todd White thing, um, I'll I'll explain in further detail, but time will tell. Uh, r- remind me later on the program if I forget to comment on that, because I do plan on commenting on that, but I don't think there's a ton to say. Hope- hopefully you're doing all well, and um, hopefully wherever you are, that your businesses are still being able to keep in in good health, and you're all in good health, and more than all that, even that you're looking towards the Lord and um, it's a turbulent time. And I would encourage you not to get involved in mobs <laughs> online or otherwise. It's um, You may find you might need to disconnect for a while. And I would encourage people know their own tendencies and it is good to disconnect for a certain amount of time. I know friends who deactivate their Facebook account from time to time, and that is a wise thing to do. And Twitter to I debate over and over again whether to keep the account or not. And um, I think I just try to limit my activity and my posting to certain stuff. And yeah, it's um, it's been a strange year. It's been a strange year. And, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you all for letting me know because <laughs> I, I, and praise God for my wife, because she let me know in the last program or the last attempted program about five minutes into it that, uh, there was nothing really coming out. I think it was going through a, a different feed entirely. 
So we'll continue on doing what we were doing before. And look, there's there's a bunch of topical issues I could cover today. There's a, there's a lot of juicy stuff going on. I don't want to cover any of it. You know... You know the you know the you know the stuff that's going on. It's depressing, and people are fighting with each other, and um, and there's a lot of grandstanding going on, and um, you know, I think we've got to be as gracious as possible with each other at this time. It's difficult for everybody. People are going to be a bit more irrational, not going to be as calm as normal. I think I like I mentally prepared for this COVID thing is not going away for a long time. I knew that back in March. I, I don't know if I said it. I didn't want to freak anybody out, but this is this is next 12, 18 months. And try to think long term, try to plan ahead and just try to get through this. Regardless of what anybody else is doing, I I'll share a few things about some of the details from credible sources as opposed to the, the stuff that is being pumped out there by various outlets. Uh, doesn't matter on the political right or the political left. Um, a lot of stuff has been irresponsibly shared by all sorts of people. So hopefully, uh, look, we should be gracious with people because, look, people are people are panicking. People are panicked, pro and and against mask, either side. Not everybody, of course. But um, I just think we've, we've just got to think about getting through this, not about getting back to normal. Anyway, so we're going to look at Psalm 24 today because that's our next one in our series. And I'm going to play after that a section of the singing and just to encourage you all to sing through the Psalter. Um, psalm 24 is an amazing psalm. One of the first psalms I came across as a, as a new believer about, when was that? Back in 2009, 2010. And we'll... First of all, we'll pray before we read God's word. Almighty and ever-living God, we pray for your blessing upon this reading of your precious and holy word. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand it and bless us as we meditate upon it. May it be an encouragement to our soul. May it um, encourage us to continue to, to seek you and to, and to strive after holiness. May all these things be pleasing in your sight. In and through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we now pray. Amen. Amen. Psalm 24, this is God's word. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, Selah. 
Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up your, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Okay, so let's go through this and uh, look at the the psalm. And again, uh, try to point towards the Christological focus of of each of the psalms. Every single psalm speaks of a Christ. But this is probably one of the easier ones. This, Psalm 110, there's a few, Psalm 22, are psalms that Christ jumps more out at you than other psalms would. The first two verses are speaking about him as creator. The, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Literally, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything belongs to him and the world and those who dwell therein. Why? For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. It all belongs to him. We are to use it for his glory because he made it. He he brought it into existence, ex nihilo, out of nothing. He can do with it as he pleases, because he's the creator and he is a sustainer of life. The earth is the Lord's. Everything you have, every possession you have, every every possession you probably may have lost over the last month, all belongs to the Lord. Essentially, we borrow this stuff. We are to use it to his glory. The Lord has given it to us. The Lord may take stuff also away from us. But there's good reason for it. There's good, righteous, and holy reasons why the Lord does certain things. We may not see it at the time, but there are good, holy, righteous, and just reasons why the Lord does certain things. It all belongs to God. And I tell you, if you get get a grip of that one truth, it all belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. I think it would relieve a lot of anxiety around now. Trust the Lord with your business. Trust the Lord with your church. Be faithful and obedient where the Bible commands you to be obedient. In verse 3, it says this in Psalm 24. Kind of changes a little bit. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? asking the question who is this great privilege given to 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 be able to be in the presence of almighty god then he gives the answer he who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully he shall receive blessing from the Lord and, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. I'd probably go there. Well, who is this talking about? Who among us has 
perfectly clean hands and and a, a pure heart. But from one point of view, from positionally in Christ, we are undefiled because of the righteousness of Christ imputed to our account. We have clean hands and a pure heart if we're in Christ, before him judicially as judge. But also sanctification in terms of we will produce fruit, we will um, best blessed are the pure in heart. One of the one of the benedictions comes, or not benedictions, beatitudes comes to mind, and Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five. So there's a characteristic of good fruit in believers, righteousness from the God of His salvation. Now, at this times in the Psalms, one minute it sounds like it's talking about. Christ himself. And the next minute, it looks like it's talking about a sinner. And why is that? Because we're in union with him. If we're a believer in Jesus Christ, he bore our sin. He took the punishment for our sin. And not only that, we receive his righteousness. So in the Psalms, sometimes it can seem a bit Close together, we should understand that we're singing the Psalms to him. This is the word of Christ, Colossians 3.16. Talks about the Psalter, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. These are the titles um, given in the Psalter to various Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You know, this is called a Psalm. Other ones are called hymnos in, in, in Greek. Um, what would they have understood that in the first century? Not hymns, uninspired hymns, but um, they understood that as a psalter. Okay. Uh, This is the title that was given uh, in uh, Psalm 76 of of, uh, the Septuagint. So, in verse 5 and 6, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So he shall receive righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. If there's any dispensations to this and you go, well, that's Jacob. That's not talking about us at all. Well, we've been brought into that one covenant. It goes right back post the fall of man, the covenant of grace. And the second half, Ephesians chapter 2, verses uh, 11, 12 onwards in Ephesians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 3, Genesis 17, 17, other places like that. We have been, before we were foreigners, now we're fellow citizens by the blood of Christ. The generations of, of those who seek him. And who are those who seek him? Who are those who seek God? those who are born again, regenerated of the Spirit of God. Because you can't say that's anybody else. You can't say that's a lost person. Those people who seek him, who seek your face, Sila. Now, verses 7 to 10, kind of a different section here in the psalm. Lift up your heads, O you gates. And it's very dramatic. Very powerful. And when you sing this, This is to be sung with joy. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, O 
you everlasting doors. There's astonishment here. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Who dares come to these gates? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up you everlasting doors. The king of glory shall come in. The first time in history, a man, that man, that God, Christ Jesus, entered in. King of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So that is a wonderful one to sing, to exalt our God to. So let's, um, I'm going to play a section here from Psalm 24 verses 1 to 5. This is the tune rest again to encourage you to sing this. Um, I'll show you on the screen um, over there. Ooh, there we go. Um, if you go to Connor Quigley Psalms on soundcloud.com, you can listen to this yourself in your own time, but we'll play it here for the program.
Amen. Praise God. And uh, really appreciate uh, those recordings. I've been done for the last couple of years and seems to hopefully has encouraged other churches who may not have heard, and individuals too, who may not have heard, um, who may not have heard any psalms being sung in their life. And I'm like, how are you going to sing the psalms? And again, you're going to need, I should have brought one out. Um, it's not your prose version in the, in the, in the Bible. The one we just went through there. Um, the cheapest one probably to get is the 1650 metrical Psalter, the Scottish metrical Psalter, solid translation from the 17th century, pretty much the equivalent of the King James, um, done by the church of Scotland at the time. And was something that was a couple of revisions that came out just a little bit after the Westminster Assembly. There are other Psalters as well. Um, you'd have to look at them each individually. I don't know. I'm not an expert on them. Our own denomination has a, a Psalter as well, but it'll, <laughs> be honest, it'll set you back a little bit more money. So if you're getting into psalm singing, I'm just trying to encourage people to get apps. Now, whether our own Psalter can be got online, I'm not too sure, but, um, so I'd encourage you to sing, sing through that. And it's wonderful to be able to get the earth belongs unto the Lord and all that it contains. How that so different from singing hymns as wonderful poetry. I'm against people writing poetry. It's a wonderful thing. And people have are gifted in, in that way. And, can write things like that, but just the, the superiority of the Psalms compared to the words of men and the folk, the way it's just not the same thing. It's not even close. And um, so there's often ways to encourage people to sing the Psalms. You know, I can come on here and, and you, and they've done one a few programs like that showing, you know, the regular principle of worship, why we should sing the Psalms, things like that. But you know what? A lot of people come to psalm singing, not through that. Often it's, um, it's kind of like that for me, actually, thinking about it. You sing it and you go, wow, I love this. And at the beginning, when I was singing the psalms, I didn't want to sing anything else. And then eventually you study it more and more and you become more convinced of what we call exclusive psalmody. But it, it takes time. Hopefully it'll be a taster for you and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. Even if you're not, a, I have buddies as well, or not quite somebody yet, but just sing the Psalms anyway. The, the Bible says to sing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs in Colossians 3, 16, that the word of Christ, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So hopefully that'll be encouragement to you. And, um, um, thank you to the co nice comments as well. People have emailed me as well. Uh, appreciation for that. And really, really thank you for that. I, I don't want to like, you know, there's been so much encouragement that's been sent my way, uh, especially over the exam period, um, going through those <laughs> two grueling weeks. I was pretty much wiped out by the end of it, uh, more than I thought it would be. I thought I'd be back last week. So, Thank you so much, everybody, for your encouragement and uh, for your prayers. It does mean a lot. And uh, so now, okay, I suppose I'm going to deal with these two topics before we get on to the, the Westminster Larger Catechism. We're probably going to do questions 15 to 18 of the Westminster Larger Catechism today. 
Um, first of all, a quick, quick comment on Todd White. Okay. I was sent the clips. I've seen everybody sharing the clips. I've seen everybody getting all worked up and emotional about the clips. I've watched Todd White for years. Not from somebody who's admired him or anything, just purely from a research point of view. Anybody who's not aware who I'm talking about, guy with dreadlocks, where's the big... Anyway, if you don't know who he is, this segment is probably not going to mean a lot to you. And uh, big guy in the charismatic movement, kind of like a spiritual disciple of Kenneth Copeland. He said in a video, it's kind of circulating around the place, um, that he repented of not sharing, of, of preaching the gospel. He said he read Charles Spurgeon and a couple of other things as well. Um, and if what he's saying is genuine, it's encouraging. Um, I would just urge a bit of caution. I'm not sharing it around anywhere because a false teacher doesn't get plaudits just because once he says what is true. Go to the Bible. Pharaoh repented or you know, even feigned repentance. Esau looked like he repented, but he didn't really. Give it time. Give it time. Benny Hinn claimed to have repented a bunch of times over the years. And then we found out later, everybody's like, oh, he didn't. I'm not saying that Todd White hasn't. I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. And of course, <laughs> if the Lord can save me or save you or anybody else, can save the Apostle Paul, yeah, he can save Todd White. Absolutely. No questions about that. Just don't be naive. If he has repented, he needs to step down. He can't teach anymore. He's a false teacher. By his own admission, he didn't know the gospel up until like five seconds ago. Okay. You can't be a teacher. In under that situation. And I would venture to say he needs to be under some kind of discipleship, church discipline, something to be decided by a group of elders other than him. Okay? And that will be for his own good. And I've said the same thing about Kanye West and all these other people. Now, Kanye West is a different situation entirely. Um, it needs to be backed up by action. It can't just be, oh, I'm just going to continue teaching like nothing has happened. You can't. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Okay? I'll be glad if he does repent, but he needs to stop teaching completely. And he also needs to... Yeah. So, I hope, I hope he's born again. But, I'd also urge this word of caution on Todd White as well. He constantly, he is just known for that. He is constantly crying, emotional. In ways I don't think is, I don't know if it's genuine or not genuine, whatever, but he's very, very convincing. He's very convincing on the street. You know, he's very emotional. He's very into it, into all sorts of fraud. So knowing that about him, I watched it and I just went, hmm. 
Yeah. Knowing the type of person. Now, if this was a person who showed no emotion for his entire minute, you know, very uh, stoic, and then started crying and just couldn't keep it together, I go, hmm, that would have way more of an impact on me. But he, he's always like that. I, I don't say with a, a broken clock, yeah, you got to write once. <laughs> preaching God's word, preaching God's truth is serious. So serious, in fact, if you were a false teacher in the Old Testament, a false prophet, you'd be stoned to death. So... He needs to step aside. I understand the enthusiasm. I understand people want to see genuine repentance. But to be a preacher is not enough that, oh, wow, you're actually saved. You have a credible profession of faith. Okay? I may, crit I may do critiques of people on the program, and I may vehemently disagree with him on a certain point and people say well I, I think i'll see him in heaven and i'll go yeah i agree too just because a credible profession of faith and somebody who's qualified for the ministry they're, they're different things now you have to have obviously a credible profession of faith in order to qualify for the ministry but so much more on top of that maturity wisdom and other things like that so that's just my five cents on that Give it time. I would urge people not don't share it on the video. I know we're we're desperate for good news, aren't we? We're desperate for good news these days, and you know, it would be great. And we we think sometimes with the big names getting saved, if they do get saved, you know, whether or not Kanye West got saved or something like that. We think, wow, what an influence that's going to be. Wow. And now, typically the Lord saves absolute nobodies. Not always, but usually. And sends them in to go preach. And God gets the glory. He doesn't need celebrities. I'm not saying that celebrities don't get saved or anything else like that. I'm not saying that. But he uses the foolish things of this world, not the f not the popular things of this world, to confound the wise, the so-called wise, as it has in in First Corinthians. Leading us on, then, before again, okay, we're thirty minutes into the program, so a few more minutes. Um, talk about a couple of issues that have come up on. I I fear for massive pressure. I'm not a I'm not a pastor, by the way. In case people don't know, I am not a pastor. I'm in training to be a minister. I'm just finished my second year exams. Pray for <laughs> pray for the rest of the results. The ones that came through were pretty good. Or improvement from last year, anyway. And um, hopefully, the rest of them are also an improvement from last year as well. And um, so I'm I'm training for the ministry. So this does not apply to me. But I I 
I would urge you all to pray for your elders and ministers due to the whole whether to challenge the government, not to challenge the government. I'm not going to get into this here. If, I will just say this, if it is possible to obey both the government and God, we ought to do both. If the government is commanding us to do something, and by doing that thing, we are sinning, then we ought to obey God rather than man. And I went through that in another program, talking about the Covenanters as an example in the 17th century, and Alexander Henderson especially. But because there's so much polarization, I fear that elders and ruling elders and ministers, especially those churches with only one pastor, already one elder or whatever, um, they're going to be put under mad pressure. You're going to have people who are influenced by, you know, the John MacArthur's decision or, or whoever else. And everybody was talking about this a few months ago, and I, I don't see as nearly as much talk about it now. And it just appears to be getting more, at least on social media, more combative. And let's not kid ourselves, it could lead to certain churches splitting. And I hope that doesn't happen. So at this time, I urge you, I don't care what your view is, sport your elders. I don't agree with them on this. You're not going to agree with everything, ever, ever. They have been put in that position by God to make those decisions. If you're not in eldership, you can share what you believe, but don't get aggressive. Don't be like, I can't believe he doesn't agree with me. You know, just... Hopefully, you're in a church with a plurality of elders. That it's a number of men together prayerfully making these decisions and also, yeah, so, yeah, the, especially when in, in light of there's lots of everything, the COVID debate, the, well, I suppose the whole social justice thing has been polarized for a long time, but everything is so on the extremes. And everything's become rather politicized. There's times in when when two mobs are going at it at each other. You know, one's got a juicy quote to share from one group, and one's got, oh, I can't believe you said that on page two hundred five. Okay, you know what you can do? Here's a third option. Don't get involved. Just a suggestion. <laughs> okay, don't get involved. And again, you might have to pull yourself away from social media for that. Remember, social media, Twitter, is not real life. I love, I, I remember I was, 
uh, preaching at a congregation on Sunday, and it was just so nice just to meet people and see people, and, and, you know, friendly and, uh, you know, it just, and we, we've got to try and talk in, in such a way on social media that we would face-to-face. Hopefully you are friendly face-to-face. Um, so just keep your elders in, in prayer. Try not to jump into the polarization, massive polarization that's going on. You've got to have, be this side. You've got to be, I don't know, pro-Fauci or anti-Fauci, you know, whatever, you know. Um, I do despair when I see a lack of concern and for the vir- the COVID virus is going around. And I do despair. Look, nobody's going to have a perfect... No, I'm not talking pro-anti-mask. Don't care about that. Honestly, I'm neutral on the issue. If somebody wants me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. Don't care. Really don't care. It's a, it's a, it's the biggest non-debate in, in the world for me. Um, does it help 10, 20%? Maybe it does. Okay. Um, I, I think it does a small bit, but whatever. You, you can have your own opinion. Um, but I'll do it. If I'm asked to. Fine. Go into the bank, I'll work, whatever. So. But I, do your best. At least try. I try to go somewhere in the middle. I try not to go too extreme and I'm not, you know, seeing anybody or anything. But don't go to the opposite extreme where you're, there's no distancing anymore or you're not making any clear attempts to minimize. You, you can't stop this virus. It's going to spread anyway, unfortunately. But to reduce the degree at which it's, do your best. Is that too much to ask? Don't just kind of go, oh, I don't believe the propaganda. That's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Again, I'm not saying perfection. None of us are going to get it perfect. I'm not saying do X, Y, and Z, but do your best. Set an example. It's going to inconvenience you for a time, but just do your best. Okay? Hopefully that's pretty uncontroversial, but you never know. (laughs) Alrighty. So... Question 15 of the Westminster Shorter, or Shorter, uh, Larger Catechism. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's somebody in the comments uh, talk about Todd White. Um, this might be no comment now. Um, I was also shocked, by the way, that um, Todd White mentioned sin, which made me have a little bit of hope, a little glimmer of hope that he's actually repented. Um, but... You know, you've been around the block a few times. I'm not saying no, but I'm not. I'm also not saying yes. Okay, right. Uh, question fifteen of the the Westminster Larger Catechism says this, and we're going to go through a few Westminster Larger Catechism questions before now and the end of the program, dealing largely with creation and how God created man and the work of providence. Lord willing, if we get time. Yeah, we've got 20 minutes. Question 15. What is the work of creation? The work of creation 
is that therein God did in the beginning by the word of his power make of nothing the world and all things therein for himself within the space of six days and all very good. So the work of creation is that therein God did in the beginning and in the beginning, okay, God who is eternal, outside of time, basically created time. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, John 1.1. So, um, and even I was reading today in in Genesis 1, in, 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 in the Hebrew, it's... Um, it's actually interesting. I don't know if there's. I, have, I need to look up some commentaries on this, but the first day, you know, how in English we have, you know, it talks about the first day, second day, third day. In Hebrew, it's actually very interesting. It's um, in Hebrew, it's like literally day one. But the the second day, yeah, it's called the second day. It, it goes from being a an ordinal to a cardinal number which is, I don't know if there's any major significance to that, but it's like day one. There's nothing before that day. In the beginning. And all things were created in those six days. Um, and created out of nothing. You know, we use that term ex nihilo, um, that Latin phrase, which out of nothing. And he created all things for himself, for his glory, and the space of six days, and all very good. Now, God could have created things in a second if he wanted to. But why six days? Why six days? It's interesting how we are over a seven-day week. God created in six days, and what did he do in the seventh day? He sanctified it. Otherwise, you know, otherwise no, he made it holy, a holy day, and ceased from his work of creation. Now, does that mean God did nothing on the seventh day? No, not at all. He, if God did nothing, we'd all die. <laughs> he maintained life and everything. He, God doesn't go away or anything. We depend on him for every breath, every heartbeat, everything. But that seventh day was set aside. We are to be imitators of God, uh, Ephesians 5, 1. So, in his communicable attributes, so there's a few examples in where God sets, shows examples in Genesis 3, kills the first animal. Uh, that's the, the difference between Cain and Abel. Abel sacrifices the animal. Cain doesn't. He does his own thing and kind of offers the fruit of the ground. He's a tiller of the ground. So we should all think about these things. These things aren't just there to just kind of go, oh, it's not nice. No, there's a reason. There's a reason he created in six days and rested on the seventh day. Genesis chapter two, verses one to three is far more important than we think. Um, question 16, questions, and actually that last phrase is very important and very good. Everything was created perfect from, it wasn't, 
you know, we have we have a world full of sin and and, and well, we have a world full of suffering and toil and hardship. It wasn't like that at creation. Question 16. How did God create angels? And the way to, this might throw people off. How did God create angels? It's not talking about in terms of mechanism, you know, in how, in the way he did it. Um, it's talking about in what way were they made? Okay. So sometimes with, um, 17th century English, you might kind of throw us off a tiny bit. How did God create angels? God created all the angels, spirits, immortal, holy, excelling in knowledge, mighty in power to execute his commandments and to praise his name, yet subject to change. Now, there's... It's not in here, but there's elect angels and there's non-elect angels. The elect angels are ones that wouldn't fall. Um, remember, too, God never sent a savior for the angels. For, it should make us thankful that the Lord sent a savior for man. But they're spirits. And we got to be careful here that we only go with what the Bible reveals to us. and. Tells us basically about them. It's an area prone to speculation, a lot of movements to talk about it. You know, they claim to have seen angels, all sorts of things. We need to go with what the Bible teaches and and really go no further than that. Um, so we know that there's spirits, and and there's all also in a way that. The Bible doesn't give us like kind of a systematic theology on angels, but it, it hints at them. They are real, of course. Um, it's also worth noting. I think we have this um, image in our heads with that they have wings in their backs and all this kind of stuff. Well, that's just pure, purely art. But um, the word angelos in Greek means messenger. That's what an angel is. It's a messenger. Um, they're spirits, they're immortal, they're holy. Now, they're created holy, all of them created holy, and then some of them fell, of course. Excelling in knowledge. And no matter how wonderful angels are, they pale in comparison to the God of heaven and earth. Mighty in power to execute his commandments and to praise his name, yet subject to change. I was saying to my uh, one of my girls there earlier on, you know, in heaven, we were talking a little bit about angels. I said, well, as amazing as the angels are, they're nothing compared to God. And what are they doing in heaven? All their eyes are not another angel. They're all in God. Because God is so incredible, wonderful. And it's not forcing him. In, in heaven, we won't want to do anything else. We'll be just in awe of him. Imagine that. Never, ever tiring of something or someone. You know, the, the, you know what? The things we love most in the world 
do you know, you have, you have a favorite food and you eat it every single day. Eventually you're just going to get sick of it. Oh, I don't want to eat. But we in eternity will be so changed that we will never cease to be satisfied in God and we will never desire to sin in eternity. Not Obviously here we're still sinners. It's just astonishing to even think about that. It's just amazing. Okay, question 17 of the catechism, the larger catechism. How did God create man? Again, in what way was man? What was man? Capacities and all this kind of stuff. Let's talk about it. Answer. After God had made all of the creatures, he created man, male, and female. It used to be uncontroversial, but now it is formed the body of the man of the dust of the ground and the woman of the rib of the man, endued them with living, reasonable, and immortal souls, and made them after his own image, knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts, and power to fulfill it, and dominion over the creatures, yet Subject to fall. And the subject to fall is like able to fall. They were, you know, not a term can be used, mutable, changeable. Now, so it, it, it was after he made all other creatures, he created man, male, and female. Okay, we have the two genders, the two sexes there. And and this is, look, this is why the whole transgender movement exists and all the things like that. We, do, we genuinely sympathize and try to help those people with genuine mental issues in these areas. And But it's a tiny percentage. A lot of the massive growth in the transgender movement is, a lot of it is just attention-seeking half the time. Why, why the massive growth now? Well, why not before? Yeah, they're, they're just being influenced by society and culture, and it's rebellion against God. It's showing a, a, a hatred towards God. Form the body of the dust of the earth, or of the ground. It's actually interesting. Adam means man, and, and Adama in, in Hebrew means dust or ground. So, yeah, it's... um. Studying the original languages is a, is a pretty amazing blessing. I mean, just far more than that. But uh, And the woman of the rib of the man. We kind of have it in English, um, man, woman. Um, ish, isha. In, in Hebrew, reasonable. So, endued them with living. Now, again, th this is all with regards to the way man was created pre-fall reasonable immortal souls death is not natural by the way it's something that was you know for the wages of sin is death made them after his own image in and and this is why all life human life has dignity in knowledge righteousness and holiness 
So when when God he made him after his own image in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, capacities to think. Now we have the fall has affected all those things. Knowledge, righteousness, holiness. We, we, these have all been defaced in man since the fall. It says having the law of God written in our hearts. And that's something that is since the fall, we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Romans 118, second half of Romans 1 talks about pagans. Um but there's a sense in which Gentiles have the law. You know, we don't completely lose the the image of God, even in unbelievers. But what gets what what gets restored in regeneration? That image, and we no longer suppress it. We now follow after that law. That's why we have a conscience because of the way we've been created. So, and the power to fulfill it. When, Ma when Adam was created, he was able to obey the law of God. But that ability went as soon as Adam sinned and all humanity sinned in Adam, covenantally. Uh, and it says, and dominion over the creatures and yet, yet subject to fall. So, I think this will be the last question we're going to look at. Question 18. What are God's works of providence? Let's see how far we get after this. God's works of providence are most holy, wise, and powerful, preserving, and governing all his creatures, ordaining them and all their actions to his own glory. So, God's works of providence and... See, it's important that we realize this, that what God does, the choices that the, the decree of God is, as it has here, you know, the works of prophet are holy. If God does it, it is holy. And God has brought to, to pass whatsoever happens throughout history and etc. so on, it is wise and it is powerful, preserving and governing all these creatures. Again, we, we, we should not have some deistic God. God is in control and is bringing about all the calamity we're seeing before us. And, well, we can't say, well, okay, so this particular sin, this particular sin, but the world is in rebellion against God. So what, what else does it expect but the judgment of Almighty God? It shouldn't expect anything else. And the only message for the world at this time of turmoil, suffering, of it tearing itself apart, is repent. Repent. And believe the gospel. If, if you're listening to this, and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. 
You're part of the problem. Look, all of our sin deserves death and hell. But there's no atoning death for you if you're not in Christ. There's an eternal death that awaits you. And unless you repent of your sin, your idols, the things you're clinging to, the things you love, the things you serve, man is a, a worshipping creature. He'll worship the true God or he'll worship something else, be it himself or whatever else. And unless a man, woman or child, repents of their sin, the only way you can do that is by being re regenerated, born again, and runs to Christ and puts his trust in Christ, unless that happens, the wrath of God abides in you. If you if you have trusted in Christ, it's it's a it's a free gift. Not of works, as any man should boast, even even the, the faith to believe is a gift. Ephesians 2, verses 8, 9, 10. But unless you have repented, you're just as guilty. You're under the same wrath and condemnation as those people trashing buildings or whatever else. If you're not in Christ Jesus, conservative, liberal, whatever, you are under the wrath of God. Now, if you've been born again, I hope there comes, you know, where it will affect your your decisions politically. You're not going to be voting for immoral parties or slaughtering babies in the womb and things like that. But that that comes, that's a fruit that comes out of regeneration. So holy, wise, and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures or, or ordering them and all their actions... And again, it's sola Deo gloria to his own glory. Question number 19. We're just going to get a chance to do 19, maybe even 20 if we're, we'll see how we go. What is God's providence towards his angels? God, by his providence, permitted some of the angels willfully and irre irrecoverably to fall into sin and damnation, limiting and ordering that all their sins to his own glory and establishing the rest in holiness and happiness, employing them at his pleasure in the administrations of his power, mercy, and justice. There's a lot in there, and it might, you know, it might be better to probably the next program. I don't know what's going to, probably next week. Um, I have a project to do for college, and uh, so I don't know how much time I'm going to have for other topics besides the catechism, but if you want to send on the things at mcgettofilms at gmail.com regards to whoever, Todd White or other people <laughs> you know, there's other people I talk about as well uh, or just even it doesn't have to be it doesn't even have to be a personality, it could just be a teaching or uh, can't always guarantee that I'll know the answer, but 
If I don't, I might point you towards somebody else. So feel free to email me beginnersfilms at gmail.com. Might just actually leave it there because it's quite a bit to go through and I don't want to rush through that. Um, but just remember that all things that God does are holy, wise, they're holy, most holy. They are righteous. The right thing to do. So that when you're going through suffering, when you're going through pain, when you're going through difficult times, you realize, you see there's a purpose to it. All things work together for good. To them that are called. But you can only say that if you love Jesus Christ. If you've repented of your sins. If you haven't repented of your sins, you can't say that. If you haven't trusted and submitted in Christ, there's suffering in this world, but sadly there's also suffering in the world to come. But there is hope. If you're still breathing today, there is hope. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name while there is still time. Again, if you have any questions, we get a films at gmail.com. May God bless you all. Thank you so much for your support. Praise the Lord.